0: Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. Today, I have a very special guest. This is someone many people in Southwest Michigan may remember as a longtime host of the morning show on WBCK. And he's also known as the morning mayor. This is Dave Eddy. Hey. hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about some local history of the city of Albion, Michigan. And we're gonna see if we can dig up some great stories of the past. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you for taking time to be on the podcast today.
1: You know, Michael, it's a real pleasure to be with you. We've had an opportunity to get to know you a little bit at lunch on Mondays and other uh, occasions. And it's a pleasure to be on your show. You do such a beautiful job with it. Well, thank you, sir. Well, so, Dave, could you tell the
0: audience a little bit about yourself for people that may not know who you are? And how long were you with WBCK Radio?
1: I was with WBCK Radio for 48 years wow 1960 i uh, came to wbck from albion and uh, retired in 2008. Wow. so according to my calculations that's about 48 years and prior to that i was with the albion radio station for four and a half years walm which is no longer on the air Wow,
0: so you have quite a legacy. You saw a lot of transition, not oh only in the radio business but in the whole country during the daily
1: reporting. Oh, absolutely! Uh, you know absolutely. of all the events over
0: the, those many decades. That is quite something.
1: Yeah, I got into to radio, Mike, um, in uh, 1956. Wow. And I had graduated from Albion High School, which no longer exists, but we can talk about that later, I guess. Okay. i just as soon forget it, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> well, that, that's one of the real disappointments, uh, if if you can say that I uh, have any disappointments for Albion, is uh, that they lost their high school. Oh, I see. But but, yeah. uh, but right out of high school, about a week out of high school. Uh, the radio station hired me to sell advertising. Mm-hmm. Now here's a you know a snotty-nosed kid just out of high school, not knowing what he wants to do, where he's going to go, or anything. Mm-hmm. And they took a chance on me and to sell some advertising, and yeah. and it it went from there. It wow. was at ALM for forty uh, for four and a half years, and then came to Battle Creek. Wow.
0: So you were originally from Albion, is that correct? Or were you...
1: I was born and raised in Albion, and okay, y- you know I uh, I'm quite a bit into genealogy, uh-huh. and uh, the the latest book that I did I, I've done four books on my major uh, grandparents, the four basic families. Okay, and then I decided to do something to. To let people know what it was like growing up in Albion, it's a much it's smaller book, of course, but it doesn't go into great detail. But uh, so I would I found some information on uh, on my birth, mm-hmm. and I'd like to share that with you because I think the folks might uh, find it rather interesting. Yeah, that'd be a great. Uh, I was born in Albion back in 1938. Wow! And that'll 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 date me, won't it? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sheldon Hospital, James W. Sheldon Hospital, which is now, I believe, a uh, senior living facility. Yeah, Albion doesn't have a hospital anymore either. Oh. But uh, born in uh, Sheldon Hospital in 1938, and uh, my dad was a great saver,
0: uh-huh.
1: and he saved everything. And I, I think I've, I've picked that up. I've inherited that from him, really. But. Uh, I received. uh, I I got this. uh, This going through some receipts and things. This was the receipt that my folks got after I was born. Three dollars and fifty cents a day. (laughs) I was in Ward 308 at the hospital, and and to break it down, you might just find this of interest because you can compare this with some of the costs that. uh, is associated with uh, hospitals now. The delivery room for five days in the hospital, they they kept women in hospitals much longer then. $3, I'm sorry, $7.50 for the delivery room, $7.50. Dressing's a dollar and a quarter, the lab work $2.50 for a total of my mother and myself being in the hospital for five days was twenty eight dollars and seventy five cents. Isn't that amazing? And my dad and mother paid that off in five dollar increments. Back in those days, they didn't have a lot of money. Right. Five dollar increments each month. Wow. So, and I was the fourth uh, of, um, uh, of of the boy. Four four boys were born to my folks, and mm-hmm. I was the last in line. And my brothers were much older than me. Wow. So uh, It fact, just really shows you how the
0: economy has
1: changed oh, in my that time. Word. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Five yeah. days in the hospital at $3.50 wow. a day plus those other expenses. Isn't oh, that amazing? Wow, that is something else. Yeah, yeah. just incredible. But um, went from there, uh, 1938. Uh, my, my oldest brother was uh, married because he came along um, many years before I came along. I was one of those whoops guys, I think. Because uh, whoops, my, guys? My, <laughs> yeah, I was a whoops baby, I think. <laughs> oh, a whoops baby, I got you. <laughs> whoops. Yeah, whoops. You are what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. but, uh, so I had three older brothers. Uh, the closest brother in age, I think, was about 15 when I mm-hmm. was born. right. So uh, my my oldest brother was married. He had a child when I was three months old. That meant that I became an uncle at the age of three months. Wow. And then um, the next oldest brother, uh, I think he wanted to get out of the household. He joined the army in 1942. And uh, my next oldest brother, Dick, was, uh, he joined the Navy. Uh And I think he lied about his age. I don't think he, relish the idea of babysitting a little brother so i think he joined the navy to get away from me <laughs> <laughs> wow so I, I really grew up probably you could say as as an only child because mm-hmm. uh, the other the other boys were were gone by the mm-hmm. time that i did but uh interesting childhood uh world war Two came along when i was uh, about what four years old i guess Okay. And uh, living, living through that period of time, Michael, um, we had a big uh, Wilcox Gay radio. That was a brand made mm-hmm. up in Charlotte. But, uh, and it sat in the living room, and my dad, of course, would listen to all of the reports on the radio. The only information you could get were uh, reports that you'd get on the radio or else uh, going to the movie theater, and they had these, what was it, Warner Pathé, uh, movie reels oh, showing okay. the showing. action, you know, and, yeah, and, and yeah. this and that. And he, he of course had the maps when my brothers uh, brother was in Italy or the Philippines or whatever, uh-huh. and he'd get those maps out. And it was it was an interesting period of time. One of the interesting things that, uh, that I'm looking back on it now, <clears throat> of course, it was a different it was a different world. I was four or five years old, something like that. And I figured if the Japanese ever attacked Albion, Uh little Albion, um, I would run to the church that we belong to, a little, little tiny church on Pine Uh Street in Albion, and I would crawl up in the bell tower, and I would be safe up there. They wouldn't (laughs) find me up there, you know, if they came (laughs) through the town. I mean, it's it's stuff like that, you know, that I put in this this book. Yeah. And... uh, I, I think that my, I wrote it basically for my kids, you know, so they would mm-hmm. know what it was like. The The air raids, my dad was an air raid warden, um, wow. and they would have tests and so on and so forth of air raid. Uh, it was an interesting period interesting. to grow up in. It really was. Wow. And, so, and Albion was an interesting city because it was an industrial city mm-hmm. back in those days. And one of the interesting things that... Uh, we we had um a number of factories uh the uh, union steel products company was uh, where my dad worked mm-hmm. and we had that they manufactured bombs or casings for bombs and so on and so forth and so everybody the, was converting uh, over to the war effort <laughs> oh, during yeah, those years yeah, so all yeah. these industries yeah yeah and albion uh, also had albion Malibu iron company they made castings uh-huh. And uh we had the Gale Manufacturing Company, which was basically that, that type of a of a factory. Huh. And it was interesting because they all had whistles, you know, right. to call to call. And I don't know how many other towns had that. But you could tell, you know, at uh, say at uh ten minutes to one in the afternoon. The whistle would blow maybe once or twice, uh-huh. and you could tell the different factories by the sound of the whistle. Union oh, Steel had a, okay. a particular whistle that they had, and they would they would ring that thing or blow that thing ten minutes before uh, the hour, and then uh-huh. at five minutes, and then at one o'clock. And the guys and the gals would have to be in the factory and working. Uh-huh. And you so could it was a tell, calling uh, to
0: the ship. The next shift is what exactly. it was. I, yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay.
1: Yeah. So wow. that was always of, of interest to me, and I've, and I've often wondered what happened to these whistles. Mm-hmm. I mean, where did they go? Yeah, that's true. I never uh, thought about
0: that. They're probably you know. shoved in some closet or some yeah. warehouse somewhere, maybe turned into scrap <coughs> iron or something. Yeah. I, I
1: suppose a lot of things were, I'll tell yeah. you that. Yeah. But uh, it was an interesting town. I, I think the population of Albion was uh, at that time maybe 10, 10 maybe i okay. i really don't know exactly wow but so uh,
0: <clears throat> there's some a lot of other history with albion there's a lot of famous figures you and i've talked about washington gardner in the past he was a famous figure from the albion area can you uh go into a little bit of his history that you know of
1: Absolutely. Washington Gardener, I never thought much about it when I was going to school, but I spent 13 years at Washington Gardener, at the Washington Gardener school building in Albion. Right. Because from kindergarten right through high school at that time, uh-huh. after I graduated from high school, uh, they did build a new uh, high school building. But I spent 13 years in the Washington Gardner and I never thought much about, you know, who was Washington Gardner. Right i mean who who was he well uh, can i give you a little uh, sketch absolutely <laughs> absolutely uh, washington gardner was born in ohio um served in the civil war spectacularly 1861 to 1865 he was severely i mean severely wounded in resaca georgia uh-huh. um, in 1865. he was born in ohio Berea, ohio went to hillsdale college ohio wesleyan university uh-huh. Uh, Boston University, Albany Law School, and then entered the uh, Methodist Ministry. Cool. And he was very well known as a as a Methodist minister. He was also a professor at Albion College, which is okay. a real big part of, of Albion. He eventually became Michigan's Secretary of State. He was a congressman for uh, many, about 12 years 1899 to 1911 and he became probably what he was most famous for Michael is he was the National commander of the GAR which Mm -hmm. stands for the Grand Army of the Republic And that was a huge organization all of Mm these men that fought in the Civil War formed this Grand Army of the Republic. And they were a huge political force. Right. I mean, I mean a huge political force. He became the national commander in 1913, served uh, for a year. And he did run at one time uh, unsuccessfully for a governor of Michigan. He died mm-hmm. in 1928 and he was buried at Riverside Cemetery. And he wrote, as you know, mm-hmm. you being into history and, and doing lo- a lot of research, he wrote a history of Calhoun County
0: yeah, which I is have, a
1: tremendous work.
0: I have two reprints of volume one and two, or, or print reprint of volume one and two of his books, because uh, I found them on. I found some company online that reprinted them. Because you can buy, you can get them on PDF form on the library. But very amazing material. He did so many biographies on people during that time period. Um, oh and, yes, yeah. And, and his that- stories about the local. Um, the different local communities in Calhoun County—it's just rich with detail. And
1: I've got—I've yeah. uh, got—I think there are two volumes, mm-hmm. one and two. And I've Correct. got Correct. originals. Yeah. I've got a couple of originals. Wow! And they're not wow. in real bad shape. They're—they're they're pretty yeah. good shape. I don't know where I picked them up a long time ago, but uh, they're amazing. What an amazing piece of history! Right. And, yeah, and You can't find job. some
0: of that. You can't find some of those references anywhere else. I no mean, he he, he interviewed true. some of these people firsthand and got details that are nowhere else, which is quite something. Um.
1: Albion uh, michael was um, was on the main line. it was u uh, s twelve okay and that, this is, of course, it was before i ninety four and u s twelve was the main route between sh- Detroit and Chicago, and-, and talk about volume of traffic. It was. Mm -hmm. went right through town, came right in from the east on uh, US 12 or Michigan Avenue, and then Mm -hmm. uh, went down as far as Superior Street, uh, turned north for several blocks, and then west, and eventually, of course, went to Chicago. But Mm -hmm. uh, I was a um, safety patrol guy back in those days, and I think it started when I was about in the fifth grade, and I think our little core of guys were Probably, the, we served on safety patrol duty from, I think, fifth grade until about the 10th grade, believe it or not. Okay. And, of course, we'd go out there because it was on this major highway, so they had to have crossing guards and safety uh-huh. patrol guys. And then when that all ended in the 10th grade, about the 10th grade, it became a hall monitor. So <laughs> I, I, I probably should have gone in into uh, law enforcement or something and many members of my family did but I didn't I didn't go that route
0: <laughs> I can just picture Dave Eddy the hall monitor. Yeah, oh my right. gosh, that brings back some comedy.
1: It was uh-huh. a great time. It was it was a great a great school. We had some wonderful teachers. Uh, I never really was an outstanding student or anything. I never stood out in in school at all. Uh-huh. But I was the third person when they initiated the program to become a distinguished alumnus of uh-huh. Albion High School. Wow. So I'm very proud of that. I don't know where the plaque is with my picture and everything on it because the high school's no longer there. But wow. I don't know. Yeah. But at least at least it was a, a great honor. Yeah, yeah. Especially when I wasn't that outstanding in school to begin with, but I guess uh-huh. yes some of the things yeah. I did after that I guess.
0: And the Washington Gardener School is now, oh, the building's still
1: there, but it's owned by the college, is that right? That's, that's correct. They bought yeah. that. They were going to turn it in, as I understand it, into some kind of a conference center or something. Mm-hmm. And I really am not sure what they're using it for now.
0: Okay.
1: I really don't know. But the building is still there. It was, I think it was 1927 or 1928 when it was built, and mm-hmm. it's still a very substantial building, mm-hmm. very substantial. Now, in uh, addition
0: to being U.S. 12, of course, you have the railroad and all of this stuff. And it puts these things as a main corridor through Albion. Uh There's some story of organized crime history with the Purple Gang that we've talked about um, at Riverside Cemetery. And it's kind of a, a sensational story that's still an unsolved crime sitting there that...
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. The um, the Purple Gang. There, there are many books written on the Purple Gang. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I I just finished one. I think it's called the uh, the Color Purple or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it goes into great great detail. On uh, in fact, it's it's um, gets to be pretty boring after a while, <laughs> in my right. opinion. But right. yeah. but the many many books on it. But yeah, they they began I guess uh, rum running and. Uh, all kinds of uh, crime and yeah, there is at, at Riverside Cemetery, and we can talk about some other people there too. But mm-hmm. Senator Warren G. Hooper mm-hmm. is buried, and his wife uh, Calienta—I think it's pronounced—his wife is buried with him there. But he—he um, uh, he was murdered; he was shot to death uh, when he was returning. He was a—he was a, a senator. He had been mm-hmm. a congressman, and now this is state congress, state mm-hmm. representative. But right. he, he was—he became a state senator. He hadn't been a state senator too long, and he was coming home from, from Lansing, one dark January night, snowy night, uh-huh. and near Springport, just north of Springport, he was—he um, was assaulted, and murdered, uh, in his car. Wow! And um, two professors, and it's unsolved to this day. There have been people arrested for the conspiracy to murder Warren G. Hooper. Okay. And uh, they were Purple Gang members. But nobody has ever been arrested for the murder of Warren Hooper in 1945.
0: Wow, and they shot but, his car up with bullets, is that that's how Yeah, they, 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 they stopped his him.
1: car, as I understand it, uh, there just north of uh, Springport. Just before you come, I think that's M50 that comes up there, M- M99 and M50, right in that area. I always think of it when I pass that that area, but uh, he was uh, he was assaulted there. He, they put uh, four bullets into him, and they stopped his car. They stopped right. his car, and he was and uh, he was uh, either opened the door or they shot through the windows or whatever, and then the car. Uh, he was smoking a cigarette, everybody was smoking in those days. Uh-huh. And apparently the cigarette dropped down and, and uh, it burned him quite severely as well. Oh, wow. But it was the bullets that killed him. Right. And in fact, there's a book by these two professors uh, that came out probably 20, 25 years ago. And they, they postulated that uh, these two members of the Purple Gang were serving time in prison uh-huh. At Jackson Prison, the world's largest prison at that time. And they were let out of prison. They used the uh, assistant warden's car, I think it was, uh-huh. and uh, got a weapon. I mean, the crime was rampant. I mean, it, the, right. the, the, it was just, you know, the, the legislature was just r- rife with, with, with the cr- crime, uh, just awful. So they, uh, they were let out of prison. They went over there and did their thing and went huh. back to prison. And, of course, they had all kinds of privileges in, in prison and so on. Very interesting book. It's called Three Bullets Sealed His Lips. Wow. Okay. Three Bullets Sealed His Lips. Very interesting book. And, you know, there are a lot of people that I knew in there. I mean, that, uh, wow. the, the, that they mention in the book. Interesting. So, wow. so yeah, it's a very interesting book Book to read, even even if you're not familiar with these people, uh-huh. many local people were brought into that. Kim Sigler. 1945, yeah, you said? Uh, 1945, yeah, January 13th, wow. I think it was. Um, Kim Sigler was a one-man grand juror, uh-huh. and uh, he was an attorney basically from Hastings, but he had offices in Battle Creek. Uh-huh. And Kim Sigler, because uh, he, he was a dashing guy. I mean, he worked all kinds of beautiful clothes and everything, I and mean, he really stood out
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, among the populace. But um, he, uh, because of his work basically as this one-man grand fighting crime in the state legislature and Warren Hooper's murder case, mm-hmm. um, he eventually became governor of Michigan. Wow! And uh, he served one term and uh, he was a, an aviation enthusiast. And this, this kind of ties in too with the WBZK, because BCK was going to go on the air with a UHF television station back, I think it was 1953 perhaps. Uh-huh. And before they were able to go on the air, uh, they had put up this big tower out by Augusta and Kim Sigler came along on a foggy November day, I think it was November, uh, in the evening and he knocked the tower down with his airplane and killed oh, wow. all aboard his plane. Four, I think there were four on board. Wow. So so Kim Sigler has a tie-in with BCK as well. They, BCK never, <laughs> WBCK never uh, advanced that at all after, after he knocked the tower down.
0: Wow. So, and did he die in the crash as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Everybody
1: yeah. On, on board. I think there were four on board. Okay, wow. Yeah.
0: So... So he is he at Riverside Cemetery as well? Is that
1: he is at Riverside Cemetery, but uh-huh. it's Riverside Cemetery in Hastings. Oh, I got it's you. where he's buried. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay. But but Warren Hooper is buried in Albion. And uh-huh. another interesting note, Michael, is uh, that uh, my mom and uh, Warren Hooper's wife were in the Sheldon Hospital in Albion at the same time. And they had a son born the same day as I was, uh-huh. and uh, they, my mother and, and Mrs. Hooper got to know one another uh, in that regard. Hmm. And interestingly enough, uh, Bobby was in, uh, Bobby Hooper was his name, he he was in my same class, of course, in Albion for a while, but then they eventually moved, his mom and, and, uh, and Bobby's brother uh, moved to Marysville, hmm. Michigan, but I was searching around. We I often wonder what happens to some of my classmates, and I was yeah. going through. I, I typed his name in, and I found a Robert Hooper, just below us when when we we spent time in Florida, uh-huh. and uh, when I was in Florida, I was looking around, and I found the name Robert Hooper, my age, and from Michigan. Uh-huh. And so I think I found where Robert Hooper. Uh, what happened to him? I think he he passed uh-huh. away, and I. I don't. I was not able to find where he's buried.
0: Oh, I see. It's, you know, it's yeah. very
1: difficult to find where people are buried anymore. They don't mention it. Yeah. Not like they used to.
0: Well, we sometimes can you can find it on, on FindAGrave.com. That's a, yeah. Well, that's a, a, that's a resource. So far, sometimes. haven't
1: been yeah. successful. But I think bobby has passed Mm -hmm. so that's another little Mm tie-in but uh uh, you want to talk about some other folks buried at the Uh, riverside cemetery that was what i was
0: going to get into you had mentioned to me there's a famous inventor who revolutionized (laughs) the world of bread that people want to know about you know
1: well this guy's name was otto roeder uh-huh R o h w e d d e r I think it is mm-hmm. Robert uh, Otto Rohrutter, Uh He was born in eighteen in the eighteen eighties. Died uh, nineteen twenty I think or something. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, not he died not, more recently in nineteen sixty. But mm-hmm. uh, Otto was uh, trained as a gemologist, a jeweler, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he um, he invented the sliced bread machine. <laughs> and, you know, everybody said, oh, that's more famous than sliced bread, you know, all, all of this stuff. Uh-huh, right. But he, And he, 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 I think he was basically from Iowa. I think that's where he was born. Uh-huh. But he had a daughter that moved to Albion okay. and uh, the Steinhauer's. Uh, his daughter married a gentleman. They moved uh, They moved to Albion. Carl Steinhauer, Steinhauer uh-huh. worked with my dad at Union Seal Products Company. But that's why he ended up in Albion, okay, and uh, that's why he is buried. He and his wife are buried, and they have a son, I believe, is buried there now as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, and and the bread machine, Michael, that yeah. he invented, <laughs> is at the Smithsonian Institution in Washington D.C. now. Wow! So if you go there, you might be able to see it. Of course, they have a lot of things in storage, but mm-hmm. uh, but that's where it is. And so the uh, next
0: time you're out there using a sliced bread. You have to thank Otto, right?
1: Otto Rowetter, it's Mr. Right.
0: Otto. Yes, he was the one that made that he, peanut butter and jelly sandwich possible. That's right.
1: Where would where would we be without sliced bread? Come that's on. Right. <laughs> Any other but, interesting um, stories well, from? Uh, oh. I, I believe they have two. Two uh, Revolutionary War veterans there. One being Isaac uh, Grant that comes comes to mind. Okay. Uh, Colonel Joseph Duckworth is another name that comes to mind. I went to mm-hmm. school with Waddy Duckworth and I think uh, Joe Duckworth. They were they, about the same ages. I, I, they might have been one grade ahead of me or something. But I did go. I had some classes with mm-hmm. Waddy. I don't know what his real name was, but mm-hmm. he was Waddy. And I know Joe always always proclaimed, "I'm going to be a professional baseball player." Mm-hmm. So I, I have no idea what has happened to the uh, to the Duckworth boys. But mm-hmm. their father, Colonel Joseph Duckworth, is known as the father of instrument flying.
0: Okay, he wow. did
1: some tremendous work in that, and he was the very first man, the very first person to fly through the eye of a hurricane, which wow. is regular stuff now. You know, they do it all the time. Right. But he was the first one to do that, to yeah. fly through the eye wow. of a hurricane wow. uh, in 1943. But he is buried. His, his wife was a teacher in the Albion school system. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but Colonel Duckworth, a very distinguished, uh, rather, rather tall, uh, white-haired uh, gentleman, uh-huh. Thin, of course, very you know he didn't have a, a fat bone in his body. <laughs> fat bone, I don't know. <laughs> but Colonel Joseph Duckworth is another very very well known individual buried at Riverside uh, uh-huh. Cemetery. Gwen Du Buchanan. <clears throat> Gwen Du Buchanan was a uh, girl from from Albion. She became a journalist, a very famous one. Mm-hmm. Um, she was captured by the Japanese and was a Japanese prisoner wow. for some time. And she also, you might um, be interested, she is the one who invented, if you know Flores Telegraph Delivery, FTD. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a little symbol with, uh, I think a, a guy with wings on his shoes or something like right, that. Right, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. The Greek god, she, uh, she's yeah. the one that came up with that symbol. Wow, okay. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And she is buried, Gwen Dew, she eventually married a gentleman by the name of Buchanan, but Gwen mm-hmm. Dew is also buried at Riverside Cemetery. I have a kind of a distant cousin, a Major League Baseball player for years, um, He, his name was Jim McGuire, mm-hmm. <laughs> James, they called him Deacon McGuire, you can look him up on wikipedia or in baseball lore whatever mm-hmm. he was the manager of the detroit he played for the detroit tigers he managed the boston red sox for a while mm. played i think for a couple of other but um he and his uh, family his brother i think owned a a, a, a tavern in albion mcguire mm-hmm. brothers <clears throat> and he used to there were some pictures of uh, jim mcguire he was a, a catcher and his okay. terribly gnarled fingers and everything, you know, from those days, they didn't have a lot of protection for oh, catching wow. those baseballs. Yeah. But yeah. Jim McGuire is another one. And uh, we've already mentioned um, Warren Hooper. Uh-huh. Oh, and there's one other one I want to mention
0: uh-huh.
1: Mary Russell Warner. Okay. Ever heard of that name? I. I
0: think I remember coming across that but I don't remember the story. About well, Mary. Mary
1: Russell Warner is Mitt Romney's great 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 grandmother. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that Connection amazing? Connection to
0: modern-time politics.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Here is Mitt's great 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 grandmother wow. and she is buried she was a Warner and is buried at Riverside Cemetery.
0: Interesting.
1: I, I just, he, when Mitt was on the uh, campaign trail, he w- came through Albion, and they did present him, I think, with a picture of, of his grandmother's tombstone and so on. Mm-hmm. But I, I doubt very much if he even knew that she was buried there. All right. But uh, I, th- I thought that was kind of an interesting tie-in. I really did
0: yeah interesting genealogy people that found that information out too yeah
1: and i've got a million and a half relatives buried at riverside cemetery as well yeah (laughs) yeah. because the whole family's from there of course wow but uh yeah very interesting cemetery if you get a chance to visit it Mm -hmm. and i know you have um um, it's quite it's, a big place it is it, definitely a, a big place. I haven't done size. any videos out
0: there but I intend to do some. yeah it's um, an
1: old seminar I think uh, yeah. 1837 it goes back to 1837. yeah so yep. that's it's a, one of the
0: early yeah. ones yeah it's
1: an old one yeah
0: yep. yep well it's been a pleasure to have you on today Dave talking about local Albion history and of course the early days of radio
1: and your career. Uh-huh. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Michael, it, Albion was a great town in which to, to grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel that the, the teaching, the, the teachers were, uh, for the most part, uh, very, uh, they, they knew what they were doing. Right. And uh, even even I learned a few things, uh, you know, <laughs> yes. just, despite, uh, but uh, it was a great town. As I said, I st- came out of uh, high school. I was working in a clothing store during high school, mm-hmm. um, in my high school days, but immediately started at WALM, which is no longer on the air. Mm-hmm. Had some great experiences. I knew nothing about anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: knew nothing about what I wanted to do when I graduated. I mean, I was, you know, I was just. I, dumb, I guess. I Oh, I just, think we all are at that age. Well, we're all, well yeah. I'll tell you. but Even more <laughs> more so. My, You know, my classmates and my friends, they were all going off to college and so on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. here I am working uh, part-time in a clothing store. And then th- this just dropped. The, the manager of WALM used to visit the clothing store, and he knew the manager quite well. And he said... How would you like to come to work for us at WALM?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why me? I mean, why, why me? I think they needed somebody to sell radio time, and yeah. I knew nothing about that either. But I started there and then uh, did some recording. It was at dawn to dusk radio station at that time and uh, did some recording after hours one night. And the, the manager heard it and says, hey, you ought to be on the air. He said, not uh, not selling radio time. Mm-hmm. And it's all started right there. And then, of course, went to BCK and had a, what I consider a, a fantastic career, meeting so many people, and yeah. just having a great time. But Albion, is, uh, the one big disappointment is the fact that they have lost so much there. Oh, uh, yeah. The high school is gone. The, the hospital is gone. Uh, the industry is gone. Mm-hmm. But they still have... Um, S- they still have some steadfast merchants who have been sticking with it over all these years. Mm-hmm. And I try to get over there, especially the Cascarellas. And we enjoy their uh, Jim Cascarella, that's a business that's been there over 100 years. And he has the most wonderful redskins and cashews that mm-hmm. you'll ever taste. Wow. So I do try to get over there. And uh, I served in the National Guard over there for. Uh, six, seven, eight years, I guess, Uh so got to know a lot of the guys, and they get together on a Friday uh, afternoon, they still do that, Uh uh, some of the old timers, and I try to get over for that, but other than that, I have some very fond memories of Albion, and uh, oh, yes, we didn't mention the fact that two of the most famous songs in the world were written in Albion. Right, Old Rugged Cross is one of the them, old right? Old Rugged Cross, Reverend George Bernard yep. uh, wrote that, I think 1912. There's a historic plaque right on Michigan a- West Mi- uh, East Michigan Avenue there. Okay. And The Sweetheart of Sigma Chi, uh, okay. which is the most famous college song ever written. Wow. And uh, written by Dudley Verner and uh, Byron Stokes. And they were both written, interestingly enough, at about the same time. Mm-hmm. 1911, 1912. Wow. And Dud Verner, I, I, I knew Dudley Verner. He, for years, was the organist at the Metropolitan Methodist Church in Detroit, had very close ties to, to mm-hmm. Albion, from Albion, and uh, Albion College. And I, I had a friend, and still have a great friend, Stafford Smith, up in the North Country. People remember that name, Stafford. Mm hmm. Stafford's uh, owns hotels and so on, but uh, he and I grew up together. And Dudley Verner, when he came to Albion, would stay with the Smith family up uh, Haven Hills in in Albion. Interesting. And many times I'd I'd be up there playing with football and so on. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. throwing the ball back and forth and so on, just spending time with Duff Stafford. And uh, Dudley, uh, he said, I needed a ride home. He said, I'll I'll take you home. I'll mm-hmm. take you home. So we'd hop in his old mobile, I think it was, and he would take me home several occasions. Wow! And the interesting thing about that was, and this impressed me greatly, he had a doorbell on his car, so he would uh, <laughs> rather than a rather than a horn. <laughs> yeah, little stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Just uh, that, that impressed me just greatly. But uh, <laughs> I knew Dudley burner quite well wow so claim to fame i guess yeah yeah (laughs) well there's so
0: much history in that community and i just i'm so glad we had a chance to to talk today and bring about some of the albion history because uh it's a community i haven't done a show yet on uh, on this podcast and uh
1: well, there's a lot of things uh, to talk about. The Bohm Theater, which has mm-hmm. been revived, uh, revitalized over there.
0: Okay, good. And
1: uh, that's where the Purple Gang, uh, they, the, the, the local lore is that they would meet in the darkened Bohm Theater up in the balcony and talk business, I guess. Right, right. But, but shows uh, were going on or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. So, so, um, and Albion College, of course, has been a big part of uh, Albion for a long time. And yeah. They're collaborating and trying to do some things now. So, uh, hopefully, uh, things will be improving for Albion. Yeah. But, uh, the, well,
0: let's hope there's some good times
1: ahead for Albion. Yeah, it's a great I'm proud time. to be from Albion. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. So, a lot of things happened there. But I've appreciated this, Michael. I enjoy talking about... uh, Sometime we'll get together and talk about uh, WBCK, perhaps. Yeah, uh, I'll
0: have you back on, definitely. (laughs) We'll get you back on the show, and we'll do another episode on WBCK and some of the other Battle Creek history, because you were around here for a lot of that, too. Yeah, i lived
1: a lot of it here. (laughs) (laughs) You were actively
0: part of it, so...
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, thank you for coming on the show today, uh, Dave. It's been wonderful, and... um, So that's going to conclude today's episode with Dave Eddy. He is the morning mayor, as so many people remember from his many years on your breakfast while you're having breakfast you were listening to dave eddie when you're driving to work you were listening to dave eddie it was just all part of our morning for so many decades so yeah yeah. thank you uh, for coming on today dave and that's going to conclude today's episode with tales of southwest michigan's past i hope you'll join me next time when we take another journey into yesterday and explore some more great tales thanks for listening